0: be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The prodigal son, one of the greatest parables that Jesus ever tells. But how does it end? What happens? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead. And is alive again. He was lost and is found. Verse sixteen or chapter sixteen, verse one, Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. He tells another story. How does this story end, though, Jesus? What happens? Oh, I know. They all embrace. The older son says, you're right, Dad. I'm so sorry. He hugs his younger brother. They both hug Dad, and the screen goes black, and the white words come up on the screen, and they lived happily ever after. The end. You think that's how it ends? What's interesting in this parable is that the people that Jesus is telling the parable to are in the parable. Everybody's right there. The older son is there. The younger son is there. The father is there. If We go to the first verses here. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. There's the first person. That's the son, the younger son. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. There's the second person in the parable, that's the older son. Then Jesus tells them the parable, and there's the third person, that's the father. Now he tells three parables. One about a lost sheep, and when the sheep was found, there was celebration. Another parable about a lost coin that a woman had lost, and she turned her house upside down. And when she found it, she rejoiced and called her friends because she had found her lost coin. And now this third parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger son said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. How dare you? You are the younger son. Do you know what you deserve? You deserve absolutely squat. The inheritance is intended and meant for the older son. And the older son, because of how he has been brought up, will in his benevolence, through that inheritance, take care of you, younger son. But you are entitled to zero. Zip. Zilch. That's how the Pharisees would have heard this story and understood it. And then to their amazement, to the Pharisees' amazement, this father does it. So he divides the inheritance between them. They have to be beside themselves. No, 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 no. That's how the world works. No. But that's what this father does. He gives the inheritance. Not long after that, the younger son got all, he had, got all he had together, and he set off for a distant country and squandered his wealth in wild living. That's the only way to squander wealth, is to do it off in a foreign country. I mean, that's always been the Jewish custom, is that you take What you have earned and you spend it within the community. You don't take what you have earned and take it off to a foreign country and then spend it off in a foreign country. That 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 it doesn't even make any sense. This son, this younger son, he's he's a he's not, there's no way he's even Jewish. After he had spent everything a severe famine and came to that whole country and he began to be in need, um, we could spend a lot of time on on famines and the scriptures. And a famine comes and puts this young man in need. God sends the famine so that this young son will now be in need and he gets to rock bottom. So he went and hired himself out to the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And if that isn't rock bottom, I don't know what is within the Jewish culture. To be involved with pigs, these untouchable animals, let alone to be tending to these pigs. And so this young man, he would long to be filled with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. He has hit the absolute rock bottom. Then he comes to his senses. And the Pharisees are thinking, finally, something that makes a little bit of sense. And he goes and he says, how many of my father's men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will go back to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer to be worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. And the Pharisees are going, finally, this is how it's supposed to be. You get what you deserve. And you know what? This son, the amount of wealth that he has squandered, is going to take about five or six lifetimes to pay back. It's not possible for him to pay this back. He will always be indentured and in servitude now to his father. And the Pharisees are saying, it's about time. But while he was along, so he got off and went to his father. Now while he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son. Men in the Middle East don't run; it's beneath them. It is not part of the culture. It is disrespectful for a man to gird up his his loins and gird up his his gear and start running. It doesn't happen. But this elder, this father, he girds himself up and runs out to the son. That's incredible. Not only does he run to the son, but he's actually probably protecting the son. Do you know what would happen if the townsfolk caught this kid before the father got to him? They would beat him into an inch of his life. So the father running out shows not just mercy, but protection from the townsfolk who probably know what happened. You know how rumors spread. So out of love and compassion, he goes out and he embraces his son. He kisses his son, and then it gets even worse for the Pharisees. He puts the best robe on the son. He kisses the son. That's reinstatement. That's forgiveness. No, no, no. You don't forgive. And he puts his robe on the son. And then he takes his ring and puts his ring on the son, and then his shoes on the son. He doesn't just reinstate the son to sonship, he reinstates the son to actual now, right now, heir and status with the father. Unbelievable. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on his feet, put it on him, the ring on his finger, and the shoes on his feet, kill the fattened calf, let's have a feast and celebrate, for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You see, Jesus is telling a story, and the people that he's telling the story to are in the story. That hasn't changed. As this story is being told, you are in this story. Now, who are you? Are you the sinner? Are you the sinner who needs this kind of mercy and grace from a loving father? Or are you the next person in the story? And we're getting ready to hear from him. Meanwhile, the older son was out in the field. I want to tell you about the older son. He's the Pharisee. You see, the older son is self-righteous. He is a worker and doer of the law. He keeps the law, according to him, perfectly. He deserves everything that the father could ever possibly give. He is better and greater than anyone in the world. Him and his friends. Sound like a Pharisee? You see, these are the self-righteous people. These are the the works-righteous people. They have no relationship with the Father. They sit out in their field all by themselves, separated from everybody. They have no relationship with the community. He has no idea that the brother has even come home. He has no relationship with the younger brother, the sinner, oh, heavens forbid. So he has to go to a servant and say, what in the world is going on? He's completely disconnected. And the servant says, your brother has come back, and your dad has killed the fattened calf because he's back safe and sound. The older brother became jubilant. No. The older brother started celebrating. No. The older brother became angry. And refused to go in. Now remember when the father ran out to the prodigal son, to the the younger son? What does the father do now? He goes out to the older son. This is our father. This is how the father acts. This is how Jesus acts. He wants relationship with everyone. He wants relationship with everyone. And he pleaded with him. The father pleaded with the older son, but he answered him, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you, and you never, and I never, ever disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, well, you kill the fattened calf? My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything that I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. And remember what the brother said, this son of yours. So the father says, this brother of yours, this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. How does it end? I'll tell you how it ends. The older son is going to go get two pieces of wood. He is going to place them in the form of a cross, and he is going to take his father, and he's going to beat him within an inch of his life, and he will crucify him. He will nail him to the cross, hands and feet, and kill him. That's how the story ends. Because that's what the Pharisees are going to do. Now, who are you? Are you the self righteous? who has no need for God's grace and mercy? Or are you the sinner? The one who has squandered the gifts of God. And you come back, and he runs. He runs to you today. He runs to you with the invocation. He runs to you with this word. He runs to you with his body and blood. He runs to you and embraces you and kisses you. And he puts his robe on you through the waters of baptism. He clothes you with the, with the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. All that I have is yours. And you're always with me. The grace and mercy of God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of God, it transcends our ability to understand. May it guard your hearts and your minds always focused on your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.